0: This is Vixen John, creator of Minute Made New York, and you're listening to Minutes Heard. On this episode of Minutes Heard, to continue the artist profiles, I present some more amazing artists who I've gotten to know throughout this series. These ladies use their art to inspire, encourage, and grow for themselves and those who view their pieces. They've been making names for themselves for such a long time, and I am so honored to include them in this project. Sit back and take a listen. Totally cash. Just regular conversation. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, I haven't heard anybody
1: abbreviate
0: the word casual in um. I've ever. Been, I've been abbreviating a lot of words lately. I don't yeah, know Yeah, because ain't no time,
1: ain't no time. There's no
0: time to speak. There's a future <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the first question i like to ask everyone is, what motivates you to wake up every day and go for it? You know, nice. like, what's your motivation? Um,
1: Survival because if I don't wake up, a lot of bad things will happen. Every time I oversleep, I lose money, and I need money to survive because I don't rely on anybody, so it's very imperative to me to make sure that I keep on moving. So when I wake up, I'm waking up like I'm checking my email, I'm looking for a job, I'm looking for a freelance gig, and I'm just trying to do something that day for myself and also, like, to help somebody else. Every day I'm always getting involved in somebody's project or, you know, Basically donating my time to something um, while looking for pay work.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Now, I know you have a crazy story. And it's not crazy like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously it is a part of your journey and it's a part of who you are.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: um, if you could abbreviate it. But still talk about it because I feel like it's become a part of you and it's obviously, like, fueling everything that you're doing now.
1: You okay. Know? So – the way to abbreviate it, because it is such a long story, and I know that I think your thing is about 60
0: seconds.
1: Right. <laughs> so the way to abbreviate it is just to say that I'm 32. I grew up all my life, you know, with my parents up until I was 15, and then 21. And from the time of 18 years old, I've been on my own. So a lot has happened. Like I've lost over 12 different people who passed away that were very important to me, like the major elders in my family. Um, I had a really bad injury about four years ago. And it took my life away from me. Like, I've always worked and, and been busy. And I was getting there. I was getting to my goals. And all of a sudden, I had this bad accident. And I needed to change my entire life. I lost everything overnight. And I had to get it back. So basically, my story is I'm trying to get my life back based on everything I've built so much over the years. Like, I've been in the industry for 14 years. But four of those years, I've been struggling badly. Oh, I think that's as much as I can tell you.
0: Right. No. No. I mean, it's, it's what you're yeah. to share, honestly. Um, so now when it comes to, like, these different ventures that you're doing, like, you know, just briefly talk about the different things that you have your hands in right now.
1: Okay. Right now I have my hands in several things. Um, while trying to figure out where I can get my life back, I decided to work for myself, so I started my own company, which is Me Vida JDM LLC. And basically, I'm a full-service company for media, art, uh, film, industry stuff, and business consultation and management, because I've taken everything I've done my whole life for work, whether it be corporate or industry, and I've combined it and said, here, I am of service to you. You can book me. So right now, I'm doing artwork that is miniature, because I can no longer paint on large canvases without paint. I'm um, working with a company called Industrial Chambers, and... I have several other clients lining up. I just need to interview them and make sure that they're worth my time and my energy, and that's what I'm doing at this moment, because if I don't, I'll have to go work for someone else who's following their dreams and not mine.
0: Correct. And um, if you could explain a little bit more about the series that you're working on. Uh, the, the art series? Right, the art series, yeah.
1: Okay, so the art series I'm working on is personal to me because I sat there one day and I you know, I spent months and months of crying and yelling and just being upset that I can't change my situation and I feel like I have no control. So basically, I sat there and I said, I have to paint something one time a day in order to be happy. If I can manage to do that, which I have been bad about doing it every day, but I got four of them out, then I can feel better, right? So I'm painting on two inch by two inch canvases and three inch by three inch canvases, something that makes me happy once a day until I have about 120 pieces, if that. Then I'm gonna hold a gallery show and explain you know, each piece and do public speaking. And I also have another series called Tiny Ballerina, Big Hair Don't Care, because it's essentially um, about Afro-Latina women who are told all the time how to look. So basically, ballerinas always have their hair pulled back in a bun, and they're very tidy and skinny and frail <laughs> to some people, but there are actual people who are curvy, who are ethnic, who are just ethnically ambiguous, and they have different types of hair, skin, size, and talent, and in not being recognized. So that's another series to have. I'm bad at giving short answers.
0: No, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm, it's my responsibility to chop it up. Okay. It. So it's fine. Um, so what are some of the things that make you happy? If you that's- just give, like, a short list. Obviously, like, you know, talk about, like, the major things that make you happy. Like, I mean, obviously you might incorporate them in the series, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, considering – You know, that the series is supposed to be personal and it's supposed to, like, kind of help you, like, climb over that proverbial, you know, mountain Mm -hmm. or that, you know, um, barrier. Like, what are some things that make you happy?
1: I mean, art makes me very happy. Helping people makes me very happy. Um, The way that I create art makes me very happy. So in the series, like, you'll see I painted my camera, my Sony A6000, two inches by two inches canvas, but the actual camera is about the size of my thumbnail, maybe a little bit longer. And I painted my painting palette. I painted a picture of Miami because that's like my second home. I love that place. And I basically paint things that I photographed because I feel like the only way to be original is to have work that nobody else can create. So things that make me happy are just like, I guess the short answer is creating, helping, uh, living, you know, and just doing things that help other people, because when other people are happy, then I'm happy. So that's a, the shortest way I can
0: answer that. <laughs> right. was no, fine. And, like, um, I like to also ask, like, I mean.
1: You might need two theories for this. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, I know. No, I'm thinking, like, because I usually like to ask, like, what's someone's, like, memorable moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the sense of, like, out of everything that has happened so far or everything that you're currently doing now, like Mm -hmm. what is a memorable moment to you that kind of signifies like why you're doing what you're doing? you know?
1: I can give you two scenarios and whether you use them both or not doesn't matter. So the first thing is that my grandmother was very, very sick and I had to take care of her. And eventually I had my third surgery. She, was diagnosed with fatal cancer three days after I was operated on. And I basically went to take care of her until she passed right in front of me. And after that, I was like, you know, what am I doing? I haven't been doing anything. And if I can just go out there and show people what I do, I'm pretty sure they'll appreciate it. That was one of the milestones throughout what I'm going through. Because she passed away. She didn't get to see what I did today. Today was the second milestone. Um, I've never presented my artwork to strangers in the way I did. I might post pictures on social media, but I've never set out a table and said, here's my art, tell me what you think. Buy it, you know? I never had to do that. Not had to do it, but I never was willing to share it. It was very personal to me, so this is a second milestone for me throughout the situation where I feel like I'm growing. I guess part of it came from when I solidified my company. I guess I have to reformat my answer a little bit. Whatever you use is fine. Basically, I got turned down for, like, seven jobs back-to-back, and then after the seven turned down, I was like, the excuses I'm being given are such bullshit. I'm overqualified, or I'm not good enough for something, and I'm like, I'm good enough for everything. I'm starting my own company. That was a major piece in this stepping stone to what was going on. When I did that, I had already set up to do this art sale today, but I knew I would be more powerful and have more conviction if I told people, I own this company. It just felt like it made me stronger to do that, to say it's mine. I'm building this. And I might be broke right now, but people believe in me, and that's all that matters, and I know that the money will come. If I bust my ass, it'll come. I don't know if I'm a of I
0: just did. So fine. Yeah, yeah people for it's fine. <laughs> like, I'm not censoring anybody here, you know. It's, okay. It's really just about capturing who you are and what's, what's going on with you and what, and who you are, who, what you're about, you know, like, Like, in a minute, someone's supposed to say, hey, I know a little bit more about this person than I would have ever known, you know, just knowing her.
1: It's always hard to see how people are going to break this down to one minute with all the stuff I tell them because it's so much.
0: I've had a person talk for 45 minutes, and I have to get
1: I know you're good. I watch your videos.
0: So, yeah. You know, I think I got enough. I think, I I mean, obviously, I (laughs) uh, I, five-minute conversation, you know, like. It's not gonna capture your whole essence, but I know. <laughs> I mean, but it's. I think it's enough material for me to work with to kind of piece it together. Okay. I and mean, then the footage was dope too. So yeah, no, this is this is cool. I, I mean, after considering, I met you when earlier this year. You was, met was me in February. November. November? Me
1: in November of oh, last year. We are up. in June. Jiminy. Eight months ago, you've been trying to get me.
0: Shit, talking mushrooms. I've you've been, been trying it, to uh, get me for world. eight months,
1: and I, like, I wait, I and I was like, I have to wait, I have to wait, and I want to feel like it's at a good time.
0: And I was very patient, too, because it's just like, there's no rush with this. Right.
1: <laughs> and the thing is, the important thing that you might want to put in here is that you met me, and I don't know what was running through your head when you met me because you saw me with my camera and you saw me shooting, but it's like I happened to pass by the Global Spin Awards, and I know those are my friends. Every single DJ and famous person that people were gawking at, I'm taking pictures, like, oh, hey, what up? I haven't seen you. That's how we met. And then I told you, I'm going through something right now. I didn't explain, but that was because I was traumatized because of my legal situation that I cannot get into, and my accident. I felt like I was being told that I wasn't allowed to live, and that is what made me postpone everything. I literally was like, I'm not coming out of the house. I'm not doing interviews. I'm not doing anything, because if I'm not allowed to communicate and I'm under a microscope, that makes me very upset, and it takes away from um, my strength. And I'm not that – I'm not weak. I'm very strong. I, I don't usually let people tell me what to do, as you know, because i than been cordially. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough. But, <laughs> you know, it's like people always want me to show and prove if they don't know who I am. You didn't ask me to do that, and that's why I was like I'm more than willing to do this one minute. Right. Because other people – I don't have to say who I am they know who I am and it's not because I'm like oh I'm on a pedestal it's because I've I've been around for so long and my sister was like today she's like how do you know all these people I was like what who people are talking to, I was like I just met him five minutes ago like some guy that was a vendor she's like you guys talk like you know each other forever like, that's how I am yeah. and make people feel comfortable and then they gravitate and we just we end up working together or something
0: So, what in your life motivates you to wake up every day and make the best of it?
2: Okay. So, my first and foremost inspiration in in my life is God. Um, I feel that, you know, yes, I'm motivated every day to get up and do whatever is on my heart to do, but it's Him that first wakes me up and, you know, gives me an opportunity to see another day. And, um, you know, I've been trying to be more conscious of that fact and... You know, instead of just setting out to do what I want to do that day, like, checking in with him and finding out, okay, like, what, what is it that you have planned for me to do today? Who is it that's going to come before me? What am I supposed to say to them? You know, because um, I guess I'm learning more and more that, like, I have all these things that I want to do in my life. And then they're all my plans. And then there's his, like, overarching plan <laughs> for my life, for this world, etc. And I play a part in that. And so, every day, I'm motivated to getting closer to um, fulfilling my purpose on this earth. And that's what motivates me to get up. Cool? cool? Yeah.
0: Okay. That's nice. <laughs> um, okay, so, what are you passionate about in your life? For example, like political, social views, hobbies, okay. viewpoints?
2: Um, there's, a, there's a few things. There's three things that I could think about the Dome. Um, one would be um my son and um I say that because you know when he was in my stomach I I pretty much like considered giving up my life and not continuing on and the fact that you know I stuck it out and like God brought me through that and now I have like this really dope person in my life I feel like he is a living example of You know, what it is to overcome a challenge, what it is to be victorious. So that's one thing. He's one thing that I'm really passionate about. Um, He's also a reflection of myself. And um, I don't know. That's cool to just get up and see and deal with every day. Um, But it really does motivate me and inspire me to, like, get better at trying to love unconditionally, trying to be understanding, trying to always listen and respond and be present um, with another human being. I think all of that started with him. Um, Second thing that I would say would be roller skating. Um, Roller skating is like, it's something that I've done for as long as I can remember. My dad is a roller skater, and we grew up skating. I don't know if these people are going to knock the door, but whatever. Um, We grew up skating, and it basically is Skating. It's almost as intense of a feeling for me as, like, some people feel when they're, like, intimate with another person. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. But, like, it's it's liberating. And, like, the act of skating, being, like, active skating individually. So sometimes I'll just skate in the park or skate wherever I can. Like, I'll put my skates on right now if I feel the need to. But then they're skating collectively with other people from different generations. And, you know, just like this act of going around and around and around in one space, but it being different every time over many years. Like, it's something that really does feed me, um, like, I don't know, emotionally, spiritually, physically. um, But I think it's, it's, it's also deeper than that. And I haven't really explored how it contributes to my work, but I'm beginning to. Um, as of the past few months. And then the third thing would be people. Um, I feel that people's stories are another thing that I really care deeply for, people that have or are going through any type of struggle. And, um, you know, like the role that I might play in assisting them to overcome that, or just even if it's just like, you know, doing a painting or whether it's like smiling at a stranger across the room who, you know, needed that smile that day. I'm really, really into people. And um, their faces, their stories, like, whatever energy they give off, like, that's another thing that I'm really passionate about. Cool.
0: Okay. 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 (laughs) It's not like a test. All right. No, no, no. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Um, So what is your current occupation? Do you like your job? What about it do you like? If not, what would be your dream job? Hobby, why?
2: Okay. I guess technically right now I don't have a job, which is so, I don't know, I'm happy about that, but it's like, ah, no, all right, here's where I'm at. I was working as a bookkeeper for three years straight, and I, eventually I hated it, even though I learned a lot from it. Um, and then I became like a full-time teaching artist last year, like from September all the way till June. And that started really awesome because I wasn't sitting behind the desk anymore, but then... It just became too much. And so I really like being in the classroom with young people, but I don't like having to deal with all the hierarchy that comes with, you know, working at various institutions, working for one institution inside of another building or another school, and just like the different protocols and the personalities. And it's just a lot that you have to deal with. And if I could go and just be present with the children do my part, go home, and then go on to whatever other things I need to take care of for the day, that would be awesome. But it doesn't work out that way because people want to pay you for two hours of your time, but then they want so much more. And so I'm kind of phasing out of the teaching artist role and thinking of teaching art as more of something that I would do on a volunteer basis instead of doing it for money. Um, Currently, I'm teaching at one school up in Harlem, Because my boy, a good friend of mine, is running a program at um, Harlem School of the Arts. So I'm there, and I'm actually working out a situation for my son to go and take acting classes in exchange for me being there. Um, My ideal situation, so what I would like to develop in the next maybe two to three years, or, yeah, I'm 27, I'll be 28, yeah, let's say two to three years, is to turn everything that's happening in the studio into a full-on working, functioning factory slash space, Um, kind of inspired by how Andy Warhol had his own space and had folks coming through there and just utilizing it and creating stuff, but more so working with people with similar missions and goals. So, like, something like how Olivia Pope has, you know, her team, gladiators, whatever it's called in the in the show Scandal. They have a team of people. They all do different things really well and they come together and they're like, okay, this is who we're going to focus on and this is how we're going to execute it. And ideally, I would have that set up for wet paint and everybody would get paid for their time. Everybody would get paid for the work if it is if we do produce things that are for sale and the people that come to us would not have to pay us. We would be Self-funded. Um, hopefully, through my work selling for Micheline Thomas, Kahindi Wiley, prices and higher. One day, I'll be able to just run my own space and not have to beg anybody for money, and also not have to charge the people that need the help. Because um, the work, my work, is about exposing the stories and getting support for people who are trying to seek any type of justice. So. Ideally, those people would come to me, but I wouldn't be charging them because they're they're already struggling financially. So that's that. Oh, what else am I doing? I'm also a financial coach. Sorry. So teaching art, and I'm also a financial coach. And that means I sit down with families, and I show them how to not live paycheck to paycheck, gig to gig, how to plan for their future, their children's future, how to get out of debt sooner. And I actually enjoy that. It makes me feel like I'm contributing to, you know, I don't know. I think my, my, my mentor defines oppression as just getting through the day. So if I can contribute to teach people how to not just get through the day, but how to think about tomorrow, um, I think that that's, I don't know, it feels like something good. And I like helping families out. And most of the people I've helped are like my own family and closest friends. So that's, that's been really dope. But that's just since July, so I'm really, really new to it. I think that's it for that one.
0: going, Dizzy Dope. Okay, um, where did the, where did Dizzy the, dope is really
2: fun.
0: Uh, where did the, the idea of, just talk a little bit about your painting career, like when did you start, how long ago, where did you get the idea for wet paint, the name, okay. and just a brief synopsis. Okay,
2: so I started painting, well first of all, I wanted to originally be an actress and a musician. I was playing the clarinet, I was really into acting, I still think a part of me really wants to act and or perform in some way, um, but that, that'll that come with time, and I auditioned for LaGuardia High School for music and for drama, and my art teacher, 8th grade art teacher, like, basically forced me to audition for art also, um, and that's because she... You know, she saw something, and I actually really did enjoy her class. And I, and I had a big crush. She had two sons in my grade, and they were twins. And they were both, sorry. She had two sons in my grade, and they were twins, and they were both really, really handsome. So I used to really enjoy her class for that reason, too. And uh, so when she started nagging me about, like, audition for the art thing, I was like, okay, whatever. It's Miss K. Like, she's always looking out. She has these great sons. I might as well listen to her. And then, um, I only got into the art program. I got rejected from the music and I got rejected from the drama program, and my heart was broken. and <laughs> I was like, "Why, God, why?" And then um, I had planned to switch my major after the first year to reaudition and then go back and take the like go back and take the drama or the music program. But then I ended up doing really well in all my art classes and I realized that I could actually draw and do stuff. And then when I was 15, 16, um, let's just say 16, we had to paint for the first time. And I did a portrait of my dad and it looked exactly like him. And that was like my discovery of being able to paint. And so like. You know, I was upset. I was like questioning God when I when I didn't get into that program cause I was like, like hello, like you're supposed to be hearing me out. Like I told you, I wanted to go to this school. I wanted to go to this school my whole life. Um, you know, you let me get in, but you let me get in for a program I didn't want to be in. So I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna switch. But then it turns out, like all along, he knew why he put me there, and um, I'm glad that I went there and, and discovered that um, I had this gift. So that's how I got started, and then through, so then from the time I started, I just kept painting, family, friends, anything i get my hands on, I was painting, like spitting them out, like, it was new to me, and it was fun, and it was shocking every time, and it just felt good, I was like, oh my gosh, I had tried so many things in life, and it was like the first thing that came really super easy for me, so then, um, what happened, Oh, yeah. So my godmother, who's like a second mom to me, um, was incarcerated, you know, right before I was graduating high school. And like we lived together, like two family house. And so it went from being able to see her and have this support system and like, you know, all the stuff that you're going through as a teenager, having somebody there that you could confide in to not having her around at all, to having to go to Rikers Island to go see her then having to go 10 hours upstate to go see her, like, you know, sharing news about high school, about being pregnant, not wanting to keep a kid, all that stuff through letters versus in person. Um, but over that time, she was away for about five years, and I think three years in was when this project happened um, called Wet Paint, and Wet Paint was basically about her and how, like, she had been this helpful, loving person to so many people in my family and close friends. And then over time, like, people had stopped writing her, stopped going to see her. And I wanted to, you know, keep her presence. And also I wanted to comment on the fact that, like, she had grown from her experience. Like, she was was becoming a more spiritual person. She was becoming a more, you know, wise individual. And so this theme of wet paint is, like... Like, everybody that is a work in progress, um, so everybody that's alive is a work in progress. Nobody is perfect, and nobody's story is completed until they're no longer living. So, you know, I called the Wet Paint just to comment on the fact that she is a work in progress. She's under construction. Her life isn't over. It doesn't end there, you know, at Albion or at Rikers Island. Um, So that's where Wet Paint started. But then since then, kind of everything that I've done, Has been about this a similar issue whether I'm talking about a movement or individual person or a situation that's still playing out. So that was yeah that was like the inspiration for wet paint and that's kind of still what wet paint means to me today. Oops, sorry. I was working in um my studio, I'm doing a piece on Sandra Bland, but um, it's not, I don't paint people that are dead, like that's just never been something that I've desired to do because then that that just doesn't go with my paint and I just don't I don't really feel comfortable with that, like there's some, some of the people that I'm interested in telling this story they've died in really terrible situations and so I don't want to recreate that and put that out into the world, like To me, that's not helping the situation. But, like, I got, like, another word, like, while in meditation, paint mode, that, because there was another brother, his name is Tito, he was killed the same way Sandra Bland was killed back in the 70s, and I learned about him through the Bronx Museum exhibition, there's an article, so I did a painting of him in homage to her, even though her silhouette is in the painting somewhere, but... The word that I got was like, okay, yes, these people have passed on, right? But like like eternal souls like live on forever, right? So you know, me saying like as long as somebody has breath in their body, then they're wet paint or their you know, whatever, their story's not done, that's one thing. But then like then there's life after death, like not life, but like when when it's just your spirit your spirit can live on forever. Like I, be, I believe in that. And so that does remain wet if it's living on forever. But, so like I got that message when I was painting, and the the part two to that was like talking about how, okay, yes, this person is not physically here anymore, but their story will continue to be passed on from generation to generation. And it's either going to be the wrong story or the right story. So you can contribute to the correct telling and completion of telling the right story as that person would have had it told. So, now wet paint might be beyond just, like, living people. But that that literally just happened, and that was the first time. So, I'm, like, I'm trying to still wrap my head around that. But I get it. I'm just, like, I never had the desire to paint um, people that I passed on. But, you know, they're important, too. They're definitely important, too.
0: What motivates you to wake up every day and make the best of it? What's your motivation?
3: Well, what motivates me to wake up and... Live, uh, what motivates me to wake up and um, make the best of my day? Just being the best at just the trying to. Okay, let me just rewind because I just realized that. I'm talking.
0: <laughs> what? You realize that you're talking? What? Okay, rewind. No, no, it's fine. Please. Okay, take can you on. ask the
3: question again, and I'll just start. Okay,
0: I will. I I'll just getting a little closer, just for sound. Mm-hmm. reason, but I will ask the question again. Mm-hmm. Um But you're good start so far. Good start,
3: yes, right. <laughs> little hiccup, but. Um,
0: what motivates you to wake up every day and make the best of it?
3: Mm, what motivates me to wake up every day and make the best of it? Um, just um having the ability to make the best of it. Because I feel like um, I do, I'm aware that some people don't feel that they have uh, um, sort of positive things in their lives to make them feel like they can actually consider even using those words the best. Um, I think that uh, we, um, a lot of, I mean, if you have if you have the ability to do what you can, to do what you can to make um, to do what you feel that you're here for, then that's, that's just a, um, a, a green light to go ahead and find a way to do it. Um, so that's what gets me motivated to get out and do it because I can and I have the ability. So uh, this, is what I try, this is what I try to do every day. And of course, some days I feel like, oh, I feel like I'm not doing absolutely the, like, the best, the most that I can do I mean, everybody, I guess, feels that in some way. And when I realize that that is happening, I kind of, that even motivates me even more to actually get out and do. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's it.
0: Okay, cool, see? No bad answers here. No, okay, I there's hope no not. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, oh no, wrong, we have to do this again. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that answer. This is not about me. <laughs> um, so let's just go through the rundown, the basic stuff, you know. How long have you been doing art? You know, what's mm-hmm. your art focus, and you know, just give a give give the people a spiel about who you are.
3: Okay. Um, again, I guess you can see that my name is Tanda Francis from the the little caption. Uh,
0: listen, I don't.
3: I, <laughs> I don't I, know I, if there's a caption or not. I
0: honestly don't really use people's names.
3: Okay. In, in okay. The-
0: like I don't, ta- I mean I tap like on Facebook ta-
3: uh-huh. I yeah, tap. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to just introduce myself. So, yeah, no, 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 no. so introduce my name yourself. is Tanda. My name is Tanda Francis, and I'm an artist, and I'm working primarily as I'm a sculptor. I'm producing work that right now is um, uh, uh, meant for the public view, like the large scale pieces to be presented in the public, in the public, and um, and. I've so far been presenting large African heads um, because honestly because I feel like it's something that is not really I have the ability to do it and I, it's something that I feel like it's not there it's feel like it's lacking so I do it because I like to see it I want to see it out there and I like to do it um, and so these are the pieces that are that I've been working on so far.
0: So basically- Create the art that you want to see.
3: Yeah, I'm basically creating what I want to see and what I feel that is lacking. So this is what this is what I'm doing. This is sort of like, a, in a way, it's becoming a mission in some way.
0: It's very shocking. <laughs> that you're creating art that you want to see. It's very nuanced. Yeah, because <laughs> I
3: can. <laughs> I kind of want to see it. So. Yeah,
0: I get it. You, know, you create the things that you, you want to put out there, you know. Um. <clears throat> so when it. All right, so you talk about that you want to see more of these images. Um, is there any inspiration behind the type of work do you, that you do? Like, was there, like, one instance to where, oh, I saw this, or this experience made me want to kind of get into this type of art?
3: Well, as far as inspiration goes, um, the fact that these heads are uh, african and the there uh the images is of that the inspiration I did I did have a lot of um um the, let me just rewind <laughs> okay um with well, the last piece that everyone breaks the one that is actually I believe it's just being taken down now uh, is called everyone breaks and that piece was done with uh uh heads these ife heads in mind which are these like um uh uh African heads that were they were they weren't on a monumental scale they were kind of smaller uh scale and they were um basically done because the because these figures the head was the the spiritual the center of the 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 being and these pieces were done as spiritual as um the focus was on uh Oh my gosh, I realize that I'm just like babbling. <laughs> no, it's fine. Really can we deep, go back? This is really good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, what was the question? Like, can we, we? So
0: basically, what was the what inspired you to get into this type of art?
3: Oh, um, as it, as with, with for me, like the portrait. Thing. The portrait is kind of like just the the the. the there's just, there's so much going on in the in, in the person, as. as as far as emotion and as far as like uh, s- telling a story just by showing, showing the, the face of a person. And I've been working with this, I just kind of like to work on, I just like to work on, uh, mostly in these days it's been masks, but as you can see this piece that, that I'm working on now is it's a full head, but the most of the, um, kind of the emotional center is in the, in the eyes, in the, in the portraiture. Um, it's just something that I kind of like to focus on, and yeah
0: okay. cool um if <clears throat> you can briefly talk about your first project
3: my first project in like life yeah. i i I'd really try to communicate with people originally by learning how to speak. <laughs> I don't remember the ins and out of the no. <laughs> Sorry. My first uh, project meeting. Oh, like f-
0: your first project of this type of. Ah, okay.
3: Um, can we rephrase the question?
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> talk about the first time you've created a bust of okay. this type of nature. For okay. The world to see, so to speak.
3: All right, so I'll talk about the first time. Again, I just mentioned the piece uh the first time I created a piece uh, on a large scale of a head. The piece was called Everyone Breaks, the piece that just was is right now coming down uh, located on 69th Street uh, by the Hudson River. So it was a large piece that it was uh um was I knew I was going to have this site. This was which is located in like Midtown by the by the waterfront and I just kind of felt like it would be nice to it's actually um it would be nice um, uh to to include just to see again like a lot of times I'm, I'm doing these work because I want to see it happen I want to see it and I really wanted to see this like a large like African featured head in this in this in this site um like right off the Trump place buildings these Lego type buildings where it's like it's kind of like a kind of a little bit of a impression It's kind of a little bit of a shock to see these 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 heads and um this piece to describe it in case you haven't um seen it here it's like they're large um heads sort of like floating in space and and um and suspended by by the steel structure and uh I just felt like it would be to, to create an impression, to suddenly see these heads kind of um, in, in the space, and and then the the emotion and expression um, in in them to kind of kind of make kind of invade your space a little bit and make you think a little bit more on a different on a, on a different level about what you're seeing. And um, again, I have the opportunity again to do another piece, and I kind of I went towards in that direction as well. Um, This piece is a a large scale head and it's actually sipping water. So, um, and and this piece is located in Socrates Sculpture Park and this piece is right in front of the water, which is the East River. So there's the relationship between um, like what we feel water is. It's just a moment of kind of like observing what we feel water is, and, and seeing it in the environment where the water is actually pretty compromised in the East River, as, you, as everybody knows. So this is what um, you know that's kind of like leading from what I was doing in originally, from, this last, from the original piece that I've done in the public to actually making connecting the public. I like to try to connect the public and the public in, uh, to the environment they're, they're in. And actually, sort of, kind of, just a little jolt, a little bit of a shock, so they can like think differently about what, whatever they're, the moment they're seeing the piece and how, and connecting to the piece. Okay.
0: Cool.
3: That could have been rambly, I don't even know. No, it's fine. no idea. You do you have I, to do a lot of editing to do.
0: I always have a lot. Of
3: editing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I tried to like. I just know I started here and I probably ended up somewhere else. No, no it's fine.
0: More okay. to work with. Okay. If you've probably seen the other videos, I know how to... Yeah, you make do it make it work. <laughs> I make it work. Please <laughs> so do
3: that. Make this work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no worries there. Um, so a couple more cues.
3: And also, if you need me to record again something... Like no, no, no,
0: no, that's fine. I'm listening. Um, I'm usually good at deciphering stuff, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm going to get this out the way. So name one of the... Name a memorable moment in your art career that you could...
2: Just a story like a, like a story like okay
0: I usually like getting stories out of people so I usually like asking like name a memorable memorable moment particularly in your art career that kind of just resonates with you that you could just think of
3: Yeah something that was really memorable is um is uh again the last piece that I worked on again it was a larger scale piece so it was a lot of energy was put into it into um and you know uh with uh the work that I was doing, the work the team was doing there in order to get this piece to work to, and, and to be up in, in, in the public space. And um, this, um, as it was being installed, uh, this really big uh, 10-foot head that was um, being suspended in the air, and there was a group already on, down by 69th Street, were, uh, there was a, there's a walk, um, there's a path where people walk and or there's also a bike path where people like you know just pass by but there was a group of people that were just like watching the piece being installed and as the this huge 10 foot head was being hovering in the air something happened where the strap snapped and it fell <laughs> and And just, it was very, very interesting to to understand like how to react in that situation by just actually being in a situation where there's all this work that just came all this um, energy and work that was built up to this point to where this piece just snapped and fell to the ground was isn't it wasn't it wasn't it was really impression It, it was really. Shocking, even to see how I reacted to it. I kind of like was really calm and just noticed that I just re- immediately, no one got hurt. The piece fell and the piece cracked and, and and the piece was called Everyone Breaks. So I immediately like saw the connection. And I'm like, wow, this piece is like I wouldn't have the balls to actually drop something that that took so much work and energy and, and even honestly money to to produce to just drop it <laughs> is is something that i would never think to actually do um because of you know just like even when it comes down to budget but to see that no one got hurt and to understand that the piece is better for it um, to have natural cracks and natural breaks in the piece, it's called Everyone Breaks. It was really just like funny to see how calm and everybody looked at me when it fell. And everybody, everybody, they knew that I was the artist. And they all, their heads swung around and looked to me and was like, and I was like, all right, so why did that happen? <laughs> and um, is this going to happen again? If there's, a, if there's something that uh, we can do to make this happen, to, to not happen again, what do we do? Let's move on. Piece is great. Let's move on. This looks. I'm, I'm happy with it. To be happy with something that is uh, that is something you didn't plan, and to something that is conv- that could have um, been possibly tragic would be is uh, is um, is just something. Just I was just interested to see how I reacted to it. I thought it was. Um, I was kind of like glad that I was able to react and be calm and like and and uh, and truthfully calm and truthfully happy with the results of it something that is so unexpected
0: oh Oh my god
3: I can't believe I was rambling so much do you feel like you're rambling I do I'm like I don't know like I feel like I'm feel like I'm speaking but I feel like who knows from outside of me like it might sound like a ramble and if you're saying it doesn't so I I I take that I'm not
0: saying that (laughs) I'm not saying that you're not not rambling but Mm -hmm. to me we're just talking
3: talking yeah like
0: i mean <laughs> like even though it's like for the interview purposes but i'm not thinking of it like all right well she has to be you know well prose and it has to be like sounding like <laughs> queen's <quiz> english like
3: <laughs> and <laughs> do you know what it is also because like i've seen like i've seen like i like to watch documentaries a lot and i like to watch artists talk about their work and things like that and i notice how like so many of them speak so well about what the, their work and their experience whatever and and i feel like where am I in that? And also, maybe it's it's your job to make it like clean and polished, and maybe it, it's maybe it's also the editing and the and the direction and the questioning whatever that makes it just like smooth.
2: Yeah. So
3: <laughs> I'm putting my my um my ramble in your hands yeah. to, to, I've to smooth people... out <laughs> I've and make me look wo- 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 like that. Wo- 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 I'm like
0: long-winded that just rambled on more ramble than you you're actually answering the question other people are just like <laughs> this went, off on, and a complete went on rant. tangents and it's just like alright that's great <laughs> but what's your motivation again? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying They're just going all the way off the rail. so it's
3: good I'm glad I'm still on some kind of a rail right you're you kinda...
0: answering the question good, that's good, all good. I can ask for me <laughs> um, <clears throat> and one last question when it comes to your art at the end of the day, what do you want people who view it and take it in and and you know, receive it for what it is? What message do you want them to kind of walk away with?
3: Wow. Okay, so what message do I want people to walk away with when they see my pieces? I noticed that um, that I have an idea of what I'm doing when I when I'm working when I'm doing my piece and and I have an idea of what I want to put out there but I notice that oftentimes people come up with something else that is like not so dissimilar to what I have in mind but really kind of catered in to to what they have in mind like it's sort of like like they um they they create something else in their own head based on what I have done so what I want out of out of doing this is to have a kind of openness in my artwork. It's kind of like a like a duality, like a little bit of a specificity and also openness, where people can fill in the blanks and create some an, uh, another art piece in their own head based on what I have done. So that is like a kind of a continuation of the work that I've that I'm doing, and I and I feel like it's kind of like I like that. I like it for, for it to be more open than kind of closed to what I have in mind.
0: Yeah, oh, that's dope. Yeah, because as we all know, art is interpretive. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> only the only reason why I ask that question is because obviously you have an objective when it comes to making these things, mm-hmm. and at least if somebody looking at it could relate to that objective, or at least right, yes. kind of recognize it.
3: And it happens, but there's also there's always something else that they tack on, and they only they always verbalize, and they tell me, and I'm like, wow, you know, I. The, it's like a little bit like um kind of more articulated by what they're what they bring to the table like i have something, and it's not dissimilar to what i'm doing it's just something kind of like more flourished more kind of like a like again like tacked on and kind of making something else in the end um so so yeah
0: no that's What's good that? yeah no as i just said like i was asking that because once again, it's. I think it's good that people get the intention for your work, but then if they can interpret it as something else, it's like an added bonus. Yeah. Because it's kind of like they saw something different, and then you kind of learned something new.
3: Yeah, about- I mean, it's not even like it's not even something different. It's just a little bit more of a flavor that they they experience and they verbalize these things that are connected to their own life. And those, that's what I'm saying. Like as far as what I'm doing, I am I'm putting out some kind of a I'm putting out a dialogue, and they're f- finishing the like sentence or you know in their own life and that's like like I really I've noticed like it so it's when they when they speak to me about the work that I've done it's somehow completing and completed in the way and and in their own experience of it same kind of dialogue they just they're, I'm not they're not completely um, going off on a different tangent of what I'm doing it's just a little bit more flavored and more kind of catered to them in and how they react to the piece that I have put out there. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And one last question. just mm-hmm. the last one. I should have asked this earlier, but... <clears throat> uh, just more of the kind of basics, like, how did you get started in art? When did you start? How ah. were you doing it? All that okay. jazz and, you know, like, what was your journey kind of getting into art?
3: Okay, well, how did I get started in the art? I get started in the art because I... Um, do art. <laughs> I do things that are um artistic and I always wanted to like um um expand it into a into um, uh, um I guess not only into my little sketchbook but uh, out and put it out there in the public. Um it's just something I always sort of did in a smaller scale and eventually to a larger scale as far as like um Uh, amount of people who are able to see the pieces that that I've been working on.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Minutes Heard. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and follow or subscribe to Minute May New York on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. Do you have a minute?